most of us need to be kinder to ourselves in the sense where we need to realize that we need to practice more patience with ourselves, not just wanting patience from others, but realizing that some ideas, some ideas and goals that you're working towards take a longer amount of time. Angel of light, come into me. Show me what I need to see. Welcome to the Small Victories Podcast. I'm your host, Pauline Victoria, an inspirational thought leader that offers transformational perspectives based on my unique experiences as a woman born without arms and legs. I feel like my life has been full of small victories that has led me to discover the greatness within. I believe that there is no summit upon which we reach our greatness. I believe it is a culmination of small victories achieved moment by moment when we turn toward the inward battle where we get to choose despair or hope, misery or miracles, defeat or victory. My goal is to awaken your potential, your purpose and your power so that you can discover the greatness that lives within you. Think of this podcast as your weekly portion of tools, stories and teachings that help you reflect on the small victories in your life. Thanks for tuning in and let's begin. Thanks for joining another episode of the Small Victories Podcast. I'm your host, Pauline Victoria. It's a new year and many are taking a pause to look at their health, but it's about more than just your physical body. It's a mental and emotional game as well. In her book, Run in Uncharted Direction, Jess Silva chronicles her journey as a woman with cerebral palsy on a mission to raise the awareness of adaptive fitness and sports. Thanks for coming on the show, Jess. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So I am really uh, looking forward to getting to know you a bit more and about your book. So let's just start there. Let's start with what is your book, Run in an Uncharted Direction, about? So Run in Uncharted Direction is my memoir, which I wrote um, and published the last this past September. It came out on Amazon, and it is my mem- memoir, which chronicles my life to date. And it tells my story from the vantage point of somebody who has cerebral palsy, but is by no means defined by my physical challenge, but rather um, uses adversity to empower myself and to empower others. And the book goes through my my journey as somebody who is very passionate about sports and fitness and realized very early on in my life as a fan of competitive professional sport that I actually related to those professional athletes. And so as I was writing my book, I used the metaphor of running on this uncharted path and then um, sort of scoping out our uncharted direction as a metaphor for my life and what my journey has constituted so far. So I myself, just to give you a bit of you and the listeners a bit of more background, am a communications professional. I was born at two pounds when I was first born, two pounds and three months early, very premature. And uh, my parents were given the diagnosis of cerebral palsy. We didn't know what I would be able to accomplish, but, you know, accomplish and be able to do uh, physically and also how my condition would cognitively affect me, if at all. And the condition has only affected my ability to walk independently and affected my mobility. But I went on to 
pursued a mainstream education as a as a young person, as a young child navigating through kindergarten and elementary school, underwent many of the same challenges and experiences that any student would. And then in my uh, later academic career, I went on to university to pursue a bachelor's degree in specialized honors English at York University here in Toronto. I'm from Toronto, Canada. And then later pursued my master's degree in creative writing, as well as also a medical communications degree later as a postgraduate. And for me, my whole life story as an entrepreneur now, as somebody who runs a nonprofit organization, my whole life story has been about embracing the unknown, embracing the adversity that I am faced with and encouraging others to realize that what one might think may get individuals down and discouraged, in fact, empowers us to find a new renewed strength within ourselves and run along that uncharted direction that we're all on, which converges with unique individuals like yourself, um, you know, at different points in our lives as we mature and as we meet people. And now myself as an entrepreneur, I have the privilege of meeting many, many great people um, in my city and in my country and also across the states and across the world. So I'm a believer that, you know, any path is uncharted and we're, we're tasked with the responsibility to understand what that means for ourselves and really create and find our own destiny that way. Nice. So for someone that may be interested in your book, like who is this book for and what's the primary message you would like to offer the world through this book? That's a very good question. So uh, the book covers several themes. Um, I didn't actually write it, you know, knowing that it was going to cover only the specific themes. There may be more that people find it, that readers find when they actually read it, when they have it in their hands. But the main themes that it covers are entrepreneurship, uh, identity, self-identity, discovering resilience and realizing what resilience through adversity means, physical disability management, bullying for, for a younger audience or even in the workforce. I talk about several work experiences, experiences in my adulthood that also um, exhibited some forms of bullying and adversity in that way. So I make a comment to note that, you know, it's not just something that you endure when you're younger. It's actually something that is part of all of life. And sports and fitness are huge central themes. I like to call them central veins in the book um, because the book is called Run, An Uncharted Direction. And it's very much about physical fitness and training. And myself as a entrepreneur who runs an adaptive fitness and sport organization, I speak to my passion about that and also mindfulness. So the book really has several audiences, audiences that it can reach being entrepreneurs, being individuals that are interested in health and wellness and, and fitness, mindfulness coaches, as well as also the younger individuals, such as students who may be experiencing their own personal uh, levels of adversity and might feel themselves lost, whether they have a disability or not. You know, it's something that I allude to very often in my book and people who know me know that I don't really well on the fact that I have cerebral palsy. I'm more of the type of person who recognizes that we all have our challenges, whether some are, some are more obvious than others. 
So the book is really for anybody who's seeking inspiration, motivation, uh, health professionals, entrepreneurs, teachers or students and athletes and those who are passionate about sport as well. The, ma the main message of the book is that we are all vested with the ability to discover our own destiny. And in fact, it is within, within us. Our inner strength is actually there. It's the experiences that we have as we discover our path, um, you know, that shape our experiences. And as a communications professional, as a writer, because I am, I have been a writer, I've been writing since I was six years old. Communications is also something that is a central theme to it. So how do we tell our story? How do we convey our story? And how does our story become enriched by the stories of others? So the central theme is realizing our own strength through adversity and through sport, and realizing that the more that we surround ourselves with like-minded in individuals and look within ourselves, but also to others that make us stronger, the stronger that we are. I love how you said, even though it's written like as a memoir, and of course, cerebral palsy is probably a huge jumping off point for a lot of your experiences, just like mine, you know, as a, a person without limbs, were put in situations and have to face certain circumstances because of the disability, but it is right. not what defines how we respond to the circumstances and what our you call destiny or our goals are. And so I, you know, I, I so appreciate that. Like I, I do have other shows that are specific to disability. The Small Victories podcast is more inclusive to whoever wants to be inspired and to celebrate and, and to see their own small victories in their life. But so I do, I, I actually also say, I feel like the disability community can teach a lot to the non-disabled population because yeah. because of such obvious challenges that we have more is required of us at a younger age both of us were born with our disability i say you know we have more opportunities to exercise our resilience muscle to um learn I, I how like to that. yeah navigate the yeah uncertainty of life like and I love how you use the word words run in uncharted direction like you can't run right so or so it's not about the physicality but more uh, and um, like I said in the introduction a mental and emotional game as well right. now now I'll, I'll I I understand what you're saying there but and I understand you know and when I came up with the title I had that exact thought of many people saying well if this person is is writing from the vantage point of somebody who has a physical disability how is her book called run if she physically can't run in the conventional way and you know I thought about that and that sort of for brief moments made me a bit apprehensive or um, I don't know if nervous is the right word to use that word in the title but I wanted to use it because I'm very passionate as I said about sport and sport for me gave me most of my strength and my clarity in my life. And I feel like, you know, as somebody who, who really strongly relates to athletes and also teaches a lot of individuals mental toughness through coaching, because I'm also an adaptive fitness and sport consultant as well as a trainer, like I feel like, you know, even if we can't do something conventionally, there's always a way that you're gonna be able to do something. It doesn't matter if it's not the way that somebody thinks that you might 
they might think of running, but we can still find a different way of doing that. And I think that that's very much, that very much encapsulates who I am personally. So that's why I chose the, the title to be that. And it's interesting, you know, because when I think more and more about the title and I, it's called An Uncharted Direction, I wasn't writing it. I didn't, you know, predict that we were going to be in a pandemic, <laughs> but I feel like it's, it speaks so much more to my entrepreneurial journey and why I love being an entrepreneur of really embracing that unknown and waking up every morning and not necessarily knowing how your day is going to go, how the meetings are going to, you know, pan out if your ideas are going to be fleshed out in the way that you you envision them to be. And I think that's what makes me hunger for more as an entrepreneur. So it really it really speaks to just who I am and and the things that I believe in as a person as a whole. Um, and, I th- and I think, you know, it's interesting what you just said about us having a lot to teach as part of the community of individuals that have disabilities. I was working out yesterday for an hour and a half. And when I worked out, um, like in the middle of the workout and towards the end, I kind of stopped and I thought, wow, you know, some of us individuals like myself train really, really hard and we make the choice to, whereas, you know, there's lots of individuals that it's just not their thing. They, they wouldn't choose to do it, right? Whether they, they're able-bodied or not. And I, I thought about that and I thought through my journey and the challenges that I do face, you're, you're very correct in saying that we do have a lot to teach other individuals because I'm a believer in that individuals like myself and yourself and Paralympic athletes are actually a lot stronger and have to grow up a lot faster than the average individual. So I completely agree with you there. And the mental toughness. I love that you use those words um, that stood out to me in what you just said, the mental toughness, like, mm-hmm. Like I am not, a, I, I am one of those people. It's like, that would not be my choice of how I would spend my day. I'm not the athletic type. I am not the workout girl, I, you know, but uh, man, mental toughness check. We got that covered. Uh, yeah. So, you know, what would you say to someone? Maybe they don't have a disability and they're just going through a hard time right now, but you can impart some sort of, words of encouragement or like maybe motivate them to like let them know that they can do it like what would you say yeah so I would say and this is really I have to keep telling myself this right because I'm a type of the type of individual who's actually really hard on myself as well I'm very much a go-getter type personality hence you know why I'm an entrepreneur I'm always thinking of bigger ideas but I would say that most of us need to be kinder to ourselves in the sense where we need to realize that we need to practice more patience with ourselves, not just wanting patience from others, but realizing that some ideas, some ideas and goals that you're working towards take a longer amount of time. And if you're feeling like you're not reaching that goal, it's not necessarily that you're not reaching it. Maybe your timeline or your process through which you're trying to reach it needs to be rejigged a little bit and rethought, reevaluated in order for you to reach that goal more successfully or differently. I wouldn't say that one isn't successful in reaching any goal because I would say the first step to reaching a goal is knowing what that goal is. So if people already have, you know, something in their mind, that's the first step. Second step that I would say is we all need help and we're all made stronger through individuals that we share our perspectives 
and our stories and our ideas with. So the second thing I would say is to try to reach out to people that you either are inspired by or who work in your same field or who have gone through similar experiences or someone who you can relate to and see if they can help you sort of reevaluate your goals or just hear you out and then really try to have that goal in mind. And, and as you know, someone who's very close to me says, they would say, how do you eat an elephant? Like, this is one of the first things that he said to me when I met him. And I said, well, what do you mean? And he said, one bite at a time, because an elephant's very big, right? So many of us have goals that are so big and things that we're trying to achieve that are that are so, they seem out of reach, but they're really not out of reach. We just have to bring them closer by realizing that we can actually start to achieve that goal by improving upon variables that are related to it one at a time and they all accumulate on each other. Great advice. Great advice. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. Jess, what would you like to see in an ideal world? I know you are a big advocate of trying to get mainstream gyms to also have adaptive equipment so that people with disabilities can join mainstream gyms. From that perspective, what would you like to see in an ideal world and how are you contributing to that vision? Oh, I love your questions because they're so thorough. They're like they're like mine if I was on the other side, you know, <laughs> conducting the interview. Um, and it really allows me to be thorough in my responses. So thank you for that. Um, so if I could just go back for a second, I don't think we mentioned that my book is available, Run an Uncharted Direction is available, currently available on Amazon um, in most marketplaces. So for those who are interested in learning more and in getting your copy, it could be found on Amazon. Um, So I just wanted to put that out there. Um, And what I would like to see in an ideal world relating to fitness, right? This this question is specific to fitness, um, is not only access to adaptive equipment um, and adaptive equipment being in facilities. Of course, that equipment is important. But I think that first and foremost, it's most important to have the professionals to be open-minded and qualified and aware that to work with individuals that have physical limitations, one does not need to actually reinvent the wheel. Um, And it's interesting, um, you know, in thinking about this, because many trainers um, will maybe think that, you know, working with an individual like myself that has cerebral palsy or an amputee, for example, um, they have to completely redesign their fitness program. And I'll, I'll tell you that that's not necessarily true. What needs to be done is the exercises need to be scaled down according to the athletes or the individual's specific and individual limitations. But what I would like to see happen is to have more of these fitness professionals be more open-minded to actually learning about what it takes to work with individuals that have limitations and to have that educational opportunity so that they're actually able to service these individuals that have limitations alongside individuals that don't have limitations in their mainstream gym. And the way that I'm currently contributing to this and, you know, hoping in the new year to be doing even more so is through my registered nonprofit organization called Flex for Access. Um, So if you'll allow me, I'll just expand a little bit about um, on what it's all about. And then I'll talk about my contribution to uh, 
adaptive fitness into the fitness education. So Flex for Access was, is a nonprofit organization that I founded. Um, it's been a nonprofit for the last three years, but I actually founded the organization beforehand about five and a half years ago. And it first started as a social media awareness campaign to raise the awareness of adaptive fitness promotion in sport or fitness promotion in sport, better yet, as a, as a means of managing physical disability and injury. Um, because I found as an individual that has CP, again, going to a mainstream gym, I'm very blessed to be to have been able to go to a mainstream gym and be the only individual in a wheelchair that actually goes to my gym. Um, but I found that many individuals that were there, when they would see me there, would still kind of question my being there and say, how are you working out here? What can you exactly do as an individual that has your limitations? And then when people don't actually know what your limitation is or your condition is, they'll come up with their own ideas. So I'll have, you know, I had many individuals say, oh, well, you broke your back, you're paralyzed. You know, how can you actually, can you actually move your legs or what kind of exercise can you do if, if you're paralyzed? And I would have to say to them, well, no, I'm not. I actually have cerebral palsy and this is the condition, you know, and then actually show them, you know, how I would do some exercises like pull-ups, for example, or squats or being able to lift uh, to do certain dumbbell exercises. Like many people, it's really interesting to watch people's faces when you as an individual with a physical limitation do certain movements, perform certain movements or certain exercises or do certain things in your everyday that other people don't expect you to do. They kind of like stop and go, whoa, like what did I just see happen, right? And I was getting a lot of that. And so I founded Flex for Access to redefine the perception around disability and sport and fitness. And to date, the organization has raised over $20,000 in Canada and has a global presence on social media um, using the hashtag Flex for Access. I get individuals to flex their bicep in support of Flex for Access or participate in any exercise using the hashtag Flex for Access in order to redefine the awareness of adaptive fitness and sport promotion or just fitness and sport promotion in general as a means of managing physical disability and that it's important for everybody. And the way that I'm contributing to the re-education is through my organization, through founding the partnerships with various stakeholders, athletes, actually coaching these fitness professionals, speaking to them. I also do motivational speaking and consulting with them to teach them, in fact, what a physical disability, and I like to use the word physical challenge. Notice I haven't really said disability very often. I like to say challenge because I feel like we all have challenges. Some are more obvious than others. But I don't like to use the word disability because I feel like that's very limiting. And I myself personally don't have an affinity or an attachment to that language because I feel like we can all accomplish anything that we set our mind to and that we work hard enough for. So through the relationships that I have with stakeholders, through the social media engagement, um, through speaking, and most recently, I'm also an adaptive, I'm also a certified adaptive fitness personal trainer now. So through my own work with individuals, I'm hoping to further further that fitness education to mainstream professionals and to really allow individuals 
with any kind of limitation or not to recognize the importance of fitness in sport. So why is it important for you to have the disabled community be mainstreamed into fitness venues or, you know, gyms and so on? Very good question. Um, Again, so for me, I feel like it's very important because for me, I personally feel that fitness is a building block to having one be able to engage in sport. And for me, really both fitness and sport allows one, from my perspective, would allow one to have the competence, not only physical, but also we talked about mental toughness, right? So for me, I find that engaging in fitness and sport is that arena or the platform that would allow one to build that capacity for mental toughness as well and resilience. And as a fan of competitive professional sport, I can tell you that watching athletes, professional athletes train not only inspires me as an individual and inspires many who are fans of the game, but also can teach anybody how, in fact, engaging in a sport and training to be good at that sport or perform your sport at a high level actually primes you to understand other adversity in life. So something that readers of my book and hopefully yourself, if you're planning on reading my book one day, will uh, learn is that, you know, I also go back to this idea of whether one is an athlete or not, watching a game or engaging in a sport actually mimics certain adversity, certain pain, things that don't make sense, let's say, because we're both entrepreneurs, right? You know, when you're trying to build your idea and you're trying to leverage that network or of individuals that you work with, and for some reason, you either feel like you're plateauing or you're hitting walls and it's you're, you're not really getting the amount of subscribers, I'll use that example, or the amount of listeners that is desired, you know, it's almost like you're trying to go after that championship. And for whatever reason, you're not able to. So it goes back to the fact that the, and the reason why it's important for me to have individuals that have physical limitations be seen in the mainstream of fitness and sport is because I feel like that's the arena. Um, that's a very recognizable platform and arena, again, to use to use the metaphor that that's, uh, you know, appropriate for sport, that's an arena that's very, uh, that prepares one very well for being able to be strong and to build that strength and to be comfortable with one within oneself's skin. I personally found that, you know, until I started training at the gym rigorously, I was a very different person. Also, I was a lot younger because I originally started training at a gym like in a gym setting when I was about 16 or 18. So before that, I was I was a lot younger. I'd gone through a lot of adversity that any developing individual would, whether you have a disability or not. But I feel that sport really gave me, fitness and sport really gave me that confidence that I needed. And it really gives one that ability to um, learn such values as it's okay if I'm going to fail, you know, failure is important to be able to succeed. I need to do this in order to get stronger. Here's how I'm going to get stronger. If I keep training and I keep keying my mental, emotional resilience and aspect into it as well. So it allows for everything to 
sort of merge together. Um, and I really see sport as almost like, you know, if we can equate it back to, to business, because we're talking here about entrepreneurship too, sport it, like business is one of those arenas or one of those platforms where it's almost like if you're in a huge conference hall with like thousands and thousands of people, there are two things you think about. How, how am I going to feel comfortable enough to be with, within those thousands of people? Do I really feel like, you know, my skill set allows me to belong in this room with these thousands of people? And number two, how can I make myself distinct from that other person in the room who's sitting beside me? So just like an athlete who's on a bench next to his teammate who's trying to, who supports his teammate, but is also trying to be a little bit tougher than, than the teammate. Does that make sense? Yes. The competitiveness. Yes. Yes. So it's like a, a training ground uh, yeah. more than just strength training or physical training. It's a training right. ground for your resilience, the mental toughness and for, bu- for building, for building your characters as well. And I, you know, I'm a big proponent of inclusion, you know, so I, I think also going back to what we spoke about earlier of we can also teach. And I love how you said, you know, people kind of look dumbfounded when you show them what you can do. And I love doing that, not from a, you know, in the disability community, it's called inspiration porn for those people that don't know. It's just being objectified as a form of uh, inspiration, but more from a place of, let me expand your mind of what's absolute, what's actually possible in the world. When you Mm -hmm. think, when you think something is not possible. And so I think that's something we both teach very well. Yeah. And for me, you know, if I can just expand a little bit on that point, speaking about inspiration porn and, you know, being called an inspiration, like I get called that all the time where people say, oh, you're such an inspiration. And I don't really like hearing that personally. And like people were like, why? It's not a negative thing. Like it's, it's something that's so positive. Like you inspire us. I always say that, I'm not doing anything that's out of the ordinary or that's extraordinary. For me, I'm living my life just as I would be. I mean, obviously, I don't know, right? Because I, this is like the one life that I, that I have. I know we know the life that, that we've been blessed to be born with and to, to shape for ourselves. But I'm living my life just as I would be, like, regardless of if I have my CP or not. You know, I'm the person that I am because I'm the person that I am, not because I, you know, I use a wheelchair for mobility and I'm trying to do something to, for some kind of accolade or recognition. Like I'll tell you, you know, lots of people now will ask me, oh, why'd you write your book? Like, what was the purpose of your book? Was the purpose of your book to inspire? Or like, did you want to write it as somebody who has a disability? And I said, no, to be honest with you, like I've been a writer since I was six years old. I started out writing poetry then I was writing short stories and I moved to prose. Like I was an English major in university. This is what I love to do. I love to interpret the way that we speak, the stories that each of us can share and tell with each other and how experiences are interrelated. So I really wanted to write my book, yes, to share my story, but also because it's what I love to do. It's how I understand the world. And I thought, yes, that I have a lot hopefully to contribute to society through my story but I wasn't looking at it from the perspective of oh my god I need to do this as an individual that has CP to like inspire people to 
like other individuals that have CP or other limitations. Um, so for me, it's always really interesting to think about, and I'm sure you feel the same way or can shed similar light, to think about my life and think about, you know, everything I do and then getting sort of commentary back from other people. And it, it's even people that like I love and respect, like they're not doing it out of, out of a bad place, saying to me, oh, you're so inspiring. Like, you're such an inspiration. Like, you know, and, and they always comment on like, how I do things that are so almost like out in the ordinary. And I kind of look at that. I'm like, well, I'm just doing it because this is the person that I am. And these are the things that I want to accomplish. And I know that I can, as I said, if I work really hard and I'm very determined and I'm also very persistent, like my, my character and my personality is very persistent. And I know that like, if I set, if I set something into my mind, I'm going to figure out a way to do it. And I don't think that any of us need to be sensationalized because some of us have, you know, differences that are more obvious than others. So I know how much you agree with that, that but I just thought I would put that out there. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, I appreciate your, can, your um, candid uh, response to um, that term. So I, am, I do go a, a little bit against the grain from what the typical disability community goes, uh, goes toward. I actually believe that when someone calls me inspiring or an inspiration, it's more about, it's a, it's a reflection about where they are in their life. And I agree. Our stories started out with a deck stacked against us. Now, whether it was a physical disability or for somebody else, maybe it was they were born into poverty or for somebody else, they were born with alcoholic parents and were neglected. We all have our challenges. Our challenges tend just happen to be on the outside, but everybody, everybody can relate and, and feels good about the underdog story. So yeah, I do. Um, and you know, my, my podcast is called the small victories podcast, and it is aimed at inspiring and celebrating our small victories and understanding that the greatness that you, you think you're searching for, you have to discover is already within you, but to do that, it requires us to see ourselves in an extraordinary way. And that even though what we perceive as ordinary, and that was part of me having to really own my gift was like me just saying, oh, Mm -hmm. well, I'm just living my life. It's not a big deal. Yeah. But it is, but it is because we could all, we all have the choice to not really live, to give up, to have a different outcome, but we didn't. Mm -hmm. And that in itself is extraordinary. And that's what I want to inspire my audience Mm. to believe is that no matter. Yeah, I agree with that. And actually in my book, I talk a lot about writing the counter narrative. Um, So that's something that I, that I actually talk about in the book, you know, that there's a, there's a master narrative that's out there that's written that either, you know, others write for us or that we're conditioned to understand because, because of constants in life, such as, you know, constants in our existence and like math and, you know, absolutes. And then there are things that are not constant. We have to write that counter narrative. And I talk about that a lot, you know, writing that counter narrative, challenging the narrative that's out there with our own narrative. So I couldn't agree with you more there. 
Yeah. And I think that's a great a place for us to close this interview um, and this episode. So I want to thank you, Jess, for coming on the show, for uh, showing us through your own story, what resilience looks like. It's like resilience in real life, right? So thank you very much. I really appreciate the opportunity. And I hope that our interview and my story will resonate with many individuals. And if people are interested in learning more about my story, for those that are interested, uh, hopefully you can pick up my book, Run an Uncharted Direction on Amazon. Or if you did want to reach out for individuals that wanted to reach out, I am active on social media. So I could be followed at Jess Silver with three S's and three R's on uh, Instagram and also at Flex for Access. Uh, The nonprofit organization has its own handle on Instagram and Facebook. And for those that wanted to learn more and possibly engage with Flex for Access as collaborators or partners or just learn more about how you can involve, get involved in the organization, you can hit up www.flexforaccess.ca. Thank you very much for your time, Pauline. And I hope that our paths will cross again. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll link all of that in the show notes. Here are this episode's takeaways. One, the discovery of our inner strength and destiny exists within. Two, have patience with yourself and your goals. Some goals take longer to achieve. Three, be willing to tweak what you're doing when going after your goals. There are many ways to achieve your goals. And four, Each of us can achieve anything we put our mind to and are willing to work hard enough for. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Small Victories podcast. I really feel like uh, Jess enlightened us and illuminated what's possible when we put our mind to something, when we're willing to walk and or even run in uncharted directions to discover our destiny, to discover what we're truly made of. And really that's what we do as, as you know, both women, we're both entrepreneurs, we're both individuals with disabilities. And that's what we get to do is we get to play with what, what is our potential and how far can we take it? And we are excited to go as far as we can. And so hopefully through this episode and all our episodes on the small victories podcast, you are inspired to uh, discover the greatness that already exists within you and celebrate those small victories and share them with me. I'd love to hear them. So thank you so much. And until we meet again, be blessed. Show me what I need to see You are my pathway into the light Lead me from shadows to light You smile on my smile
救命。